The word family can bring to mind a whole host of complex emotions. Depending on your childhood and current family situation, these feelings could be mostly positive, mostly negative, or an equal mix of both. Add in the word toxic to the mix, and I'm sure to have a few eyebrows raised. We all have at least one. We know them. The, the subtle shady remarks during family dinners or the harsh criticism that is said behind your back or said to your face. They're never letting you forget that one mistake you made back in 10th grade. They can never congratulate you on your wins, but never hesitate to make sure or remind you of your loss. It's frustrating, it's disheartening, and it even forces you to question your own place within the family. So I had the chance to chat with my good friend Cassie, who is a well-known powerhouse on Twitter as Deuce Kasu. This queen never hesitates to tell it like it is. Even in her bio, it reads, laid back but aggressive. We are not only exploring, identifying, and really pinpointing the negative patterns of a toxic family member, but we're also discussing how it affects us as an individual and ultimately deciding, are we going to rock with this person or are we going to cut the ties? With that being said, let's get into today's topic. Hey queens, welcome to Crown Thoughts, the podcast, a safe space for women of all kinds and for women of all walks of life to come together and chat. Crown Thoughts, the podcast is a movement of vibes, which encourages its listeners to dig deep and reflect. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. I already started pressing record. I feel like it's easier to do it that way because, you know, you don't feel like, oh my God, it's on, I have to start. But so before we get started, I always love to do my hey queens. Okay. Okay. Hey queens. Yes. (laughs) It's it's something about that that just feels it feels good. It feels nice. Um and I'm so excited. Like when you walk into a room and you're like, you know, yeah. I had everyone here. Yes. <laughs> and I'm I'm like really, really excited to have this conversation with you because um you do follow Crown Thoughts Podcast on Twitter. And again, we were conversating or conversing beforehand, and I said to you, you are like the the Twitter guru. Like you're always so opinionated, so outspoken. You have no problem saying what it is, how it is. And I think that's such like an amazing trait as a woman. So if you guys aren't aware of who Cassie is, please follow her on Twitter. And can you just... Thanks, Beth. Oh, so my Twitter name is Deuce Casu. Yes. It's like D-O-U-S-C-A-S-S-O-U-E. Yes. Yeah, y'all, y'all can follow me. Y'all can find me there. Um, but thank you. I do love Twitter. I think it's, it's a great way to kind of share who you mm. are with the world and like get off however you're feeling 
you know, and, and also learn new things too, because Twitter has an amazing ability to share. It's great at sharing information. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I love that about Twitter. So before we get really into today's topic, I'm going to hit you off with some icebreaker questions. Oh, <laughs> no pressure. I think this is a great way to kind of, you know, take off the tension and allow the listeners to maybe get to know a side of you that we typically wouldn't see from your social media. Okay. So with our first question, if you had to choose any four people, and this does not have to be someone that you know personally, um, but any four people that you would choose to get in a lifeboat with you while the rest of the world was turning into ruins, who would it be? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, a lifeboat. Mm-hmm. I would want one person that's going to entertain me. So um, one person I would choose would be... You know what? I would say Tiffany Haddish. Mm. It's funny and genuinely I feel like she would... She would freak out, but she would do it in a way where it's like you can find the funny in it. Right, that makes sense. right. Although I think she's a little obnoxious, I think that would also fuel me to find a way to get out of the situation <laughs> that I'm in. Okay. Um, so that's one. That's one. Um, two, you know that, that guy um, from Taken? I cannot remember his name. His character, uh. though. He's got the real raspy. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. We gonna look him. We gonna look him up. Okay, why him? <laughs> because I feel like he has connections, but it would have to be the character that he plays. In. Okay, so you want that specific character? Gotcha. Yeah, he has a connections, meaning he has a great way of like finding ways to get out of situations mm-hmm. or to get through things. So that's okay. Person. Um, my third person. This is gonna be a little bit odd. But bear with me. Okay. Michelle Obama. Come on. Because that woman, I think I said more than enough with just that <laughs> woman. You know? I mean, she's the epitome of what a black queen is. Yes. Okay, yes, Miss Michelle. And I just kind of want to, you know, rub elbows Ooh. with a very brilliant, yes. smart soul. You know yes. what I mean? Um, because I already know that uh, the transporter dude is going to figure it out. Gonna <laughs> right. Tiffany's Tiffany going to have you laughing. Out. You're not going to be Michelle's worried. Michelle's going to have us, like, getting our lives together. Okay. Basically. And your fourth? And my fourth? Um, ooh. That was a tough one. I guess it would be someone with great muscles. So I guess mm. The Rock. You okay. Know? Someone with muscle to get us out, help us get out the situation. My goal is to get out, be entertained, but come out better, if that makes sense. And he's fine. So, you know, if, if it's got to be you and a rock to start the world all over again, I mean, it, it makes sense to me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> okay, second icebreaker question. What would you do with your life it was, if it was guaranteed success? Ooh, Okay. Believe it or not, I'm really, really, really passionate Mm -hmm. about black people, black youth getting their education, Mm. um, moving ahead, getting mortgages, you know, um, just kind of help finding ways to help our people move forward. So if if I was successful and had no worries in life and Mm. I had all the money in the world, I, I my goal would be to, you know, 
fun programs, you know? I like that. Um, to, to find ways to, like, help Black people go from point A to point Right. Z. Right. Yeah. Almost like building another Black Wall Street. I love that. Not for profit. Right. For, for the future gain. Right. Not for the gains of the culture. Yeah. It's funny you even mention that because I just said this in my last episode that... We, yes, we get so <laughs> stuck in where we are and where we need to be. And I think when we take some of the focus on us and start giving back to other people, it's so gratifying. Oh, yeah. It gets you closer to your goals, your blessings, your your manifestations, all of that. And so I love how selfless that thought was. That's I'm writing this down. Oh, I love yes. that. I've been thinking about it for a while now. Like, mm-hmm. Man, because I, like I said, I love Twitter, and this is one of the reasons why I love Twitter. I'm sitting here reading some of the threads, reading right. some of the posts that people write, and oftentimes people are saying, educate me. How, mm. do I get, how do I get this information? Where can I find it? And it's like, you know, and it's usually, you know, our people, people yeah. of color, yeah. you know, who don't know how to get from point A to point B. And it's just right. so beautiful seeing, seeing that unity on Twitter. Yes. Where people are like, well, this is where I found mine. So here's a link. There's that know? connectiveness. And I know there's a lot of backlash on Twitter. They're saying that, you know, you got to be careful what you say because they'll come for you. But I noticed that you speak a lot about boundaries on there and about maintaining your peace. And it's so, it goes so perfect of today's topic because we're getting into toxicity and i think often we always say oh that partner of yours is toxic or my my boss is toxic but what happens when it's your family member oh that one's heavy it's loaded right and you know the funny thing is a lot of us have toxic family members and we just don't know how to deal yes and i think people confuse the word toxic family member with this person may have done some kind of physical harm to me, whether it be molestation or physical abuse, but a lot of it can just be emotional toxicity and we're about to get into it. So if you're ready, (laughs) I'm going to hit you with the first question. Go for it. Um, Have you, well, no. Is there someone in your family that you consider to be um, toxic? Yeah. So this is the thing. First off, when we talk about toxicity, Mm -hmm. I think that people just look at, oh, this person has little sly comments for me or towards me. And I think toxicity can be more than just, you know, it could be just we we don't mesh. Right. We don't agree on the same things or even just like slight tension. tension. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that there are degrees to toxicity. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like anyone else, I've had members that I probably don't mesh with. Right. Um, and I, th- I think that's natural and normal because no two people are alike. Even if you sent, uh, share the same DNA. Exactly. No two people are alike and we're not all going to have the same um, ideas and we're not going to always agree. So I think that, you know, knowing that and understanding that, yes, definitely. I've had, you know, a or some toxic family member or members. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's just learning how to navigate through that. Right. Very interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, describe for the listeners, like, what does that relationship look like for you? And I know you said member. So if you want to just touch on one person specifically, you don't have to give names or identify how they're related to you. But how, how how's that relationship really just gone for you? And how long has it been happening? So, um, for me... 
what it looks like is it's awkward Mm -hmm. or tension or discomfort, you know? Um, It's oftentimes feeling of that, like that feeling of alienation. Mm -hmm. You know, the moment that you start to feel like I shouldn't be here, I don't want to be around this this person or this space. Mm -hmm. I think that's the moment when you recognize that this member may just not be you know, for you. Right. They just may be toxic. So I think we all deal with it. And I don't think we all recognize exactly when that flip, that switch flips. Right. It's not like I can tell you that, you know, it's happened from 2010 to, you know, you can't really give it a time frame. Right. But I do know that over time you recognize it and you keep noticing it and noticing it and noticing it. And then you have that moment where you're like, whoa. Right. This is not... This is not meshing well with me. This right. is giving me anxiety or it's making me feel X, Y, and Z way. So, yeah, I definitely had it and I've definitely recognized it and I felt it. Yeah. Today. So, yeah, definitely. It's interesting that you use the word they make you feel anxious because when I think of family, I think of like safety and security. These are the people that I'm supposed to rely on. Uh, we automatically assume that our family, we connect, we get each other because we share this blood, this, the skin that, you know, the, the person next to you doesn't necessarily have, but that's, that's not always the case. Um, and I think that rather than teaching our children now, what a family unit and a family system is supposed to look like, I think we need to be honest in how, you know, the systems are failing. Um, yes. I definitely did some research before we came on and these are some of the scenarios that I've seen and identifying who a toxic family member may be for you. So this is not only for you to listen to and say, yes, no, yes, but also for the listeners. Um, Oftentimes they're making critical remarks about what you're doing, what you're not doing. Um, And under those critical remarks, they're setting up some kind of scenario that's going to make you jealous or make you resent them. Um, they're having another conversation about you with another family member. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Heavy on that. <laughs> <laughs> or they're giving you the silent treatment when you don't behave or respond in the way that they would like you to. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because they'll say, oh, I'm just giving you tough love. But yeah. love is not supposed to hurt in that way. I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see. And those those are just very subtle things. We know that it can be like favoring one child over another. Um, of course, that can come into the sexual abuse or the actual physical abuse or just the neglect. Like I'm not giving you X, Y, Z because you're not satisfying whatever I want from you. But we don't always think about the the more softer ways that they're just mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, there are just- Subtle ways. Yes, yes. So since you've described how the relationship is for you, have you ever considered cutting them out of your life? Definitely. Like we all have, um, I don't know if you remember when you were a small child, right? Mm-hmm. And you would get into trouble and your your parent would like reprimand you whether right. they beat you. And then you would run off to your room and cry and then imagine yourself packing a bag and then just running off and running away from the situation. Right. Like, we've all had one of those moments. You know what I mean? And so I know I, I can say for myself, um, when I've ever like encountered a family member that felt toxic for me, 
you know, I've thought about like running away in the sense that, you know, just cutting them off and not mm. having contact with them ever again, you know? So yeah, definitely. I think it's natural to want to mm-hmm. remove yourself where you feel unwanted and, and unappreciated. Right. You know? Right. It's it's a it's a response to a trigger. And the feeling of wanting to just to run, you know, something that they're doing to you is activating that that fight or flight response (laughs) just to tie it into something (laughs) clinical um and oftentimes we want to cut them off but how do you do that when cutting them off can have a major impact on the entire family system so see this is the funny thing i've learned that sometimes it's not cutting them off Mm. but it's limiting your time it's detaching emotionally Exactly. So um, I've learned like changing the conversation Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to, you know, so for me, my thing is I would become combative Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm very, this is like my boundary, don't cross it. Right. One of the people. And then um, like this particular person would cross that boundary, Mm. you know? And so automatically the wall goes up, the guard goes up. And so I learned that instead of allowing yourself to respond emotionally, you can always take a step back, analyze that person, mm-hmm. and recognize them. Right. So the meaning of that is maybe you guys are arguing about toothpaste and their preference is crust. So you, like, <laughs> <pulled me. laughs> this is just an example. You can say, okay, well, I can understand why you may like crust. Right. Just kind of like giving them their props in a sense, just to kind of help like add water to that fire. Yeah. And that that takes a lot of maturity too because it's like you're almost surrendering your power to satisfy whatever is going on in them. And I know for me, I don't like that. I like what I like. I say what I say and I don't want to I don't want to settle on how I feel because one I feel like I'm I'm allowing them to win the conversation when really it doesn't matter what they say or how they feel. You know what the funny thing is? I, I felt like that at first too, but it's a way to then tie in your mm-hmm. opinion. That right. way I recognize how you feel, but I still said what I said. Right. You can always add that but and then add your insert yourself. Because right. at the end of the day, it's another way of saying like, I'm not fighting you. Right. You're getting, you know, you've overstepped. But I'm not fighting you. It's right. like, like putting up that, in a soft way, putting up that wall, but respectfully. Yes. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I know for me, um, I know we talked about cutting off and how it can impact the entire family system. And I'm not in a position where I could cut my toxic family member off completely. So I keep the conversation very short and I keep things very just surface level. I will talk about whatever they want to talk about. I never share too much of my own life. And if I do, it's always something positive because I'm I'm never going to allow them to know that I'm having a bad moment. And yep. it took a long time for me to accept that this is not someone who's in your corner. They may say they are, you know, they may act as if they they care for you and they're your biggest supporter, but at the same time, they're also the the first person to tell me oh, so-and-so is upset because you did X, Y, and Z. Or I noticed that you posted this online. That doesn't look... Right. It's always got to be their little two cents. And so as much as I would like to cut them off, I, I, 
I give them just enough. And to them, they think they're getting it all, but you're not getting half of it. Not even a, not yeah. even a slice. You're getting just the crumbs. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes it's like that. Genuinely, sometimes it's like that. And I've learned that um, it, it allows you to control what comes in and what comes out of your life. Right. It allows you to control the narrative as well. Because mm. it's almost like I control what you do and don't know. And and what you do with it is your business and your yes. opinions that matter. You so can take it and run. You were planning your time. You better Maxine Waters. You better claim your time. I know that's right. As a black woman. Yes. But I, I do genuinely understand what you're saying. And I agree with you. Like for me, cutting off my toxic family member, um, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. You know? So just learning to manage and, and redirect. Redirect. Yes. Redirect. Yes. Is, it's a, it takes a lot of patience. Patience. It takes a lot of like extra effort and kind of coming out of yourself but i also think that there's beauty in it Mm -hmm. like that process has taught me how to deal with just people in general Mm. you um so i've learned that with our family members we can just be kind of short because we expect for them to know what lines they can and can't cross right but that patience that i would have for a coworker is 10 times more than i would have for a family member Mm. so what i do for myself mentally is i take myself down to like that coworker level, right? And, and treat my family member like how I would a coworker, right? That makes I'm sense. Because I'm not gonna mess up my money, right? You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> she's not messing up her money, but that allows me to because I like work me. Work me can deal with anything and right. be very diplomatic. Work me so, be ready to handle everything, and as soon as I take it off, because you know I am working home, <laughs> I haven't been in the office, but like. I can't even stand someone calling me at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I get it. And I know that I, and I do, I, I, I do agree with you. I think we have such higher expectations for our family because we're related to them, but that's not realistic in every situation. Um, and I, I always thought about, you know, what happens for the ones that do completely cut off their family member? You know, what happens next? Do you participate in family events? If, the toxic member is your parent or your sibling, do you ever consider your own children? And how do you explain to them that you don't get to see your grandparents or your aunts and uncles because of X, Y, and Z? It's almost like you're making a shift in your family system. So, you know, I've, I've, um, I have family friends mm-hmm. have um, cut off their toxic family member or family members. Mm. And I've learned from them that, you know, they lose, both both ends lose. Right. You know? And, you know, it, it's tough to manage toxicity. It is. Um, but when you lose out or, you, you know, your kids, you know, losing out on that, either the grandparent or the mother or whatever. Right. You know, is, like, there is also, like, that kind of, it, there's a hurt to it, mm-hmm. you know? Especially having your kids not know this family member and kind of gain certain things, you know, in a situation. So I've learned and and just watching over the years, um, this particular um, friend just kind of navigate through that. Um, They go through periods Mm -hmm. um, where they establish their boundary with that toxic family member. And um, they let them know, like, please don't cross this line. Mm -hmm. And they will introduce your kids and, you know, allow them to grow. And it's beautiful watching it. It's like a beautiful process. But then once that person crosses the line, they 
then put up those consequences you know mm. they made the boundaries clear and they made the consequence clear and then they just kind of you know what's the proper word Ex- you know exit the, the relationship yeah yeah for whatever period of time they felt necessary put it on pause up, yeah <laughs> right come back to it yeah and i think it's a beautiful thing to be able to kind of go in and out and navigate you right know? but it seems um, so so taxing on your own mental health i mean and I, I guess it's both ways because I know for me, it, I would still feel some kind of way knowing that I've completely cut this person out of my life. Like, I'm, I'm very forgiving and I can hold on to something for a very long time. I won't talk to someone for months or years, which I'm working on. You're so forgiving. I, but at the same time, I'm forgiving. Yes. I, I value that. That's one of the traits that I like so valuing you. Mm-hmm that I've learned so much from you on. But yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's okay. But I feel like, you know, being forgiven in that way is sometimes almost allowing them the opportunity to be disappointing, to be mean, to be um, verbally aggressive towards you, to minimize who you are. And it's just like, how do you, how do you sustain the relationship? You know what? It's so funny. Um, so I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, I got into an argument with my father. And I'm going to use this because my father and I have such a great relationship. Yes, now you do. Today. Yeah. Um, we got into this argument. I needed stamps to um, apply for college. Okay. College is major. It's big. And I come from, I'm Haitian. So right. I'm very big on education. Right. And my father just was having a hard time just giving me stamps. Like having the hardest of times. And I remember just kind of skipping school one day mm. and hopping on the bus and going to get my own stamps. I was like, I'm not going to wait for him. <laughs> if he doesn't want to help me, I will do it myself. And I remember I sat down with um, with my uncle, who happens to be um, a forensic psychiatrist. Okay. I was talking to him about it, and he gave me the best advice. He said that sometimes people have limitations, mm-hmm. and we just have to understand that this is where their limitation is. Right. So from that piece of advice that I learned, I knew that, you know, this may just be a limitation of his. Right. Only to finally sit down and have a conversation with my dad and learn that he was having a hard time giving me the stamps because that meant I was leaving. You were leaving. Yep. You know? Yeah. So it wasn't that he was trying to, like, punish me or, like, you know, be hurtful or toxic. Yeah. But it was just his own. He had his limitation. Right. He just couldn't you know, get past that. Right. So now me understanding that as an adult, knowing this, I'm like, okay, there are certain things that I know may just be too much for me to request from my father. Mm. You know, not to say that I'm, if I were to call him now and say, I need stamps, hook me up. <laughs> no, right. do that all day, right. every day. But just knowing that um, everyone has a limitation. Right. Or even an example, um, you know, we'll use Finding Nemo. Dory, <laughs> Dory, she's not the the sharpest tool in the show. Right, shop. right. That's her limitation. But she's you loyal. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Here goes my point. You get it. Yeah. Like, you know you can go to Dory if you know you need that ride or die. Right. But if you know it comes down to something where it's very cognitive, mental, you know, it's very you got to be smart about how you're planning it. Right. It's it's keeping it's keeping it short. So yes. when it comes to like toxic family members, you got to understand everyone has a limitation somewhere. Mm-hmm. You just have to kind of take your time, like assess, reevaluate and know that this is this particular person's, you know, limitation. Right. And 
I can't expect more from them. Right. And I know that when I, you know, example, some people are, they can be cool with you for six months. And then for whatever reason, something's happened. That one day after the six months, right. something happens, knowing that that's a limitation, expect it. Yeah. Know it. See it coming. So that way you don't have to continuously deal with yeah. heartbreak. And even you know? going a little deeper, I always think like, who hurt you? Because I know that what I'm doing is not, it's not that deep. Like mm-hmm. my happiness, my happiness triggers something so bad and you that you are just distant or just nasty towards me or others. It's never been a reflection of who I am or what I'm doing. It's always been what has happened to them or who hasn't shown up for them. And I think that's where a lot of families fall short because we don't we don't talk about our feelings like that. I've never sat down or I don't remember ever sitting down with my mom and my siblings and saying, hey, let's talk about what made us cry last night. It's usually how was school? What'd you yep. eat for lunch? Yep. You know, mom, can I go hang out with so-and-so? Or when I was being raised by my grandparents, you know, we're going to church on Sunday, but it was never really share with me how you're feeling or them sharing with me an event that happened to them and how it impacts their lives and how they parent. You know, you you brought up a very amazing point. It's so funny. I want to shout out my sister on this one. Okay. So I was having a conversation with her um, during, I think, Christmas break, and we were talking about how um, Black families... Mm-hmm. We're just kind of so, black people in general, we're just so used to just pushing forward. Yes. We do not express negativity. Yes. We don't have time for it. We just move forward. And so we can't, we, we bring that into our family lives, mm-hmm. you know? Um, if you think about growing up, there's never been a time for me growing up where it was okay for me to express a negative feeling or a negative Exactly. Thought. I was supposed to just be grateful to be alive. Or saying, you, know? I, you better not use the word can't or... Yep. Boys are not supposed to cry or, you know, if I want to bring in the religious part, you better pray about it and and be thankful to see another day. Okay, but I'm still hurt because someone then pushed me out the the sandbox and took my toys and I feel embarrassed. Like, exactly. So I've learned that, um, you know, being an adult now, um, we don't know a lot of people in general, black people don't know how to put into words Mm -hmm. or express into words their negative thoughts and feelings. Yes. Like, um, when you think about it, a lot of people deal with anxiety, but you wouldn't know what anxiety is if you ever sat down and said, this is what anxiety feels like. Right. That makes sense? So oftentimes, like, if, if and when we are triggered, just kind of, you know, tying it back into, like, toxicity, if and when we are triggered, or let's say you say something to me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm triggered... And I respond not knowing that it's negative. And you're like, whoa, you know? Right. It's 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 a response to a trigger that was maybe even something from way back in my Right, it has nothing to do with what's happening right now. And it's interesting because I've learned that, you know, it's important to have those conversations of how, you know, how did something negatively impact you? You know, within yes. a family unit, that is so important. Because then it allows you to kind of have open space for conversation. Exactly. And it, um, it allows an environment and a safe space for healing because mm-hmm. it's it's what we need. And it's interesting that you, you stated, like, 
the the black families we've never had a chance to heal i mean we came and i'm gonna take it back to slavery we came into this country we were expected to work and and work for nothing and then our families were ripped apart and it's just like how can i connect to my aunt my sister my cousin and i'm not saying me specifically if we want to go back generations how do we connect in that way when my newborn child was ripped out of my hands or i didn't see my husband because he's been taken to another plantation i mean we were literally set up to have our families to fail and yes we've made huge strides as a culture because oh, yeah. we obviously we have a female vice president and people are investing and a black black vice president How yes <laughs> multicultural but all that stuff is nice but what what's your what does it look like for you on your inside like where's your heart and that's yeah. really is what's going to matter at the end of the day and so but you know what's funny i think that those because we haven't had those conversations right those are the lingering effects it's the elephant that, in the room exactly it's, it's it's that thing that you know if you think about your toxic family member mm -hmm. if you think about your toxic family member and you try to tie in what is it that hurt them oftentimes it's just the inability to express mm. that hurt that that is what because I, I think about it all the time. I'm very vocal. Mm -hmm. Everyone in my family knows I'm very vocal. And oftentimes people envy people who are vocal. Absolutely. And you know, and, and it could be the same for you. Your family member just may not even, just may envy the fact that you're able to just say so eloquently what you have to say. Right. You know? Right. And express yourself. So, so, you know, I'm sure the emotions come from so many, several different things, but... I think one of them is oftentimes envy and that ability to just open your mouth and speak. Right. I Listen, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And to wrap things up, I mean, these are some questions that I guess I want to leave for you and for all the listeners. How do you end the pattern? Like, do you detach emotionally from them, as we said before, keep the conversation short, be aware of their limitations, or do you cut the ties completely and risk the opportunity of of maintaining family traditions and family love and you know just that connectiveness or now we're saying do you take a step back and think about maybe approaching them um in a place of love and saying hey i noticed that we have a really hard time meshing together and i just want to know how are you like what's what's been going on for you and maybe if you're bold enough maybe you want to say like did someone hurt you or am I saying something that brings something out of you that you don't like? Those are really, really hard decisions to make. Um, and that's, it's kind of like the, it sucks when you're like, you're aware, you're, you're aware of yourself and you, you begin to start noticing things around people that you wouldn't when you were more so ignorant. And I'm not saying ignorant in that sense, but ignorant okay. is bliss. I don't want to argue with people anymore. If I can't um, fix the relationship, then, you know, let's keep our space and make it healthy. And that is okay for me. And I'm, I'm beginning to accept that. We don't need to be fighting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. I'm 110% with you on that. If I know that we will not be able, if I feel, mm -hmm. not if I feel that we won't be able to come to a resolution. Yeah. We don't even need to go back and forth. You're right on. You're That's right it. You're right. You got it. 
Well, listen, Cassie, I'm listen, I'm so excited that you were able to come in and have this conversation with me because again, I I see you on Twitter and you're always so spot on and I was just like I got to have her on this platform. Um, This is definitely a topic that I know a lot of people can relate to, especially since we're all at home and we're being quarantined. Tensions are high and emotions are up there and people are saying and doing things that maybe we never really had a chance to say because we live such a busy life. But now we're all home and I realize I don't really want to deal with my uncle and I shouldn't feel like I have to because he's my my father's brother or my mother's brother. And I'm just using an example. I I love my uncles. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with you. Thank you for having me. I'm yes. really happy that we were able to do this. This is this is bomb. This is amazing. Um, so again, please find Cassie on Twitter. Shout out your Twitter again. Duskasu D O U S C A S S O U E. Yes, yes. And she says she is of Haitian descent. So one time for my Zos. So as always, Queens recognize Queens. I'm so happy to be back on this platform and we're coming with some heavy conversations in this season. So if you haven't already, please subscribe, share with a friend, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, can't wait to chat with you soon.